This is Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy, broadcasting live from Marfa Public Radio Studios. In my lifetime, Memorial Day has evolved from a day to honor the war dead into a day to honor all who have served in the military. In a sense, it has always been that. I can remember my mother explaining to me that on Memorial Day, the flag was flown at half-mast until noon to honor the dead and then raised to full-mast to honor the living. But in the years just after World War II, the emphasis was on the dead. Hometown boys who had gone to Europe or North Africa or the Pacific and never returned. Their graves were decorated, flags were displayed on their parents' doors, their names were read out in special church services. Those who came back, even those with medals, were considered to have done their jobs manfully and well, but they were not especially honored on Memorial Day. Most of those veterans were ordinary men who did what they had to do in tight spots. And many of them became heroes by doing it. But their courage and the examples they set were seldom mentioned on Memorial Day. That is why I think it is appropriate today to talk about Edward Monroe Slack, a Marfa boy who, as a B-17 pilot in North Africa, was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross and an Air Medal with eight oak leaf clusters and came home alive. Monroe Slack, as he was known all of his life, was the son of Martha's optometrist, also named Monroe Slack. He graduated from Martha High School in 1935, went to Saul Ross for a couple of years, and to the University of Texas for a couple of years, and decided he wanted to learn to fly. Slack enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps in April 1941. While war was raging in Europe, but the U.S. was still neutral. He was initially sent for pilot training to Lindbergh Field in San Diego, California, where he discovered that the Air Corps' training resources were so scanty that they had only one plane for 57 would-be pilots, a single-engine P-39 fighter. We couldn't take it off the ground, he told a newspaper reporter in 2003. We were allowed to get in the cockpit and take it down the runway, then pull off and return to the flight line for another pilot would do the same. They were afraid we would crack up the plane and we would have nothing to train with. Slack eventually talked his way into training with another unit, 
the 419th Recon Squadron, where he learned to fly B-17 bombers, the largest and best armed warplanes of their time. B-17s, nicknamed Flying Fortresses, carried 13 50-caliber machine guns and 9,000 pounds of bombs and were manned by a crew of 10. Slack received his pilot's wings and his second lieutenant's commission on December the 6th, 1941. The next day, he was driving across Arizona on his way to Marfa to visit his family when he heard the news of Pearl Harbor on his car radio, along with the news that all military leaves were canceled. He turned around and drove back to his base in California. He was 23 years old. His squadron became part of the 301st Bomber Group and was sent to England in July 1942, with Slack flying a B-17 from Maine to Scotland via Labrador, Greenland, and Iceland. The trip took a week, and during the final eight hours, from Iceland to Scotland, slack through continual rain. For a guy from Marfa, it was Harry, he later said. From their base near London, they flew daytime bombing missions over Nazi-occupied France, bombing railroads and naval installations. It was extremely dangerous work because of German anti-aircraft fire. You could see the flak in the sky, he remembered, but you just had to fly through it. Shrapnel hit us all over the place. They were trying to hit our gasoline tanks. Sixty years later, he still had a piece of shrapnel that had lodged in his airplane. On October 10th, 1942, Slack's parents and Martha were notified by the War Department that their son had participated in the largest daytime bombing raid of the war and returned safely to his base in England. Shortly after that raid, Slack was promoted to captain and his bomber unit was transferred to a secret base in North Africa where Rommel's German army was threatening the British installations in Egypt. We flew 50 feet off the water from Liverpool to the Straits of Gibraltar, Slack remembered, under the German radar. In North Africa, the squadron's mission was to make repeated bombing raids on the German-held stronghold of Bozerti in Tunisia. It was one of those raids in December 1942 that Monroe Slack proved his mettle and won the Distinguished Flying Cross. German anti-aircraft hit his plane on the way to Bozerti, 
knocking out two engines and forcing them to drop out of formation. German fighters then closed in on the crippled plane, silencing all but four of her machine guns. The crew was standing by to abandon the plane, but Slack felt he could complete the mission on two engines, and he did. He caught up with his formation and flew 600 miles to drop his bombs on Bizerte and returned safely to base. His citation commends not only his coolness and high courage, but also his consummate mastery of his plane. Slack later said that he was used to the idea that he might be killed, but he didn't want his crew to bail out and be taken prisoners. Slack went on to win an air medal with eight Oak Leaf clusters before he completed his 50 combat missions and was rotated back to the States. He finished the war as a flight instructor and test pilot in California. When he was discharged with the rank of major in 1945, he used the GI Bill to go to the Southern College of Optometry in Memphis, Tennessee, where he met and married his wife, Doris Smith Rogers. They came back to Martha, where he practiced optometry with his father and built the concrete house that is now El Cosmico. In 1955, he struck out on his own and opened an optometry office in McKinney, where he practiced until his death in 2010. He was an ordinary man, but at least once in his life, he did something supremely courageous because he had to. That's what heroism is all about. You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the rambling boy. I'll be back next Friday at 11 a.m. with another story about Texas. In the meantime, remember that you can read the rambling boy in the Big Ben Sentinel every Thursday. This program is made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's program in Texas history. <laughs>